All right, welcome to another episode of the Life of Becoming You podcast. Let's get this. I am your host, Jonathan Gilardi, and as a lifestyle coach, I can tell you with absolute certainty The biggest mistake that people make in their life is they don't look at their life in a holistic way, right? Your business is succeeding, but your health is deteriorating. Your relationship's going well, but you can't spend time by yourself because you haven't found that self-development inner peace. So by looking at yourself in a holistic way, what you do is you balance your life. And by balancing your life, you create a foundation to elevate your life. So you get the most joy, the most fun. You raise your confidence. You stay in congruence of your mission. Those obstacles aren't obstacles anymore. They're just hurdles that you're jumping over. You deal with the fears and the doubts and the worries and you turn it into confidence and skill and productivity. By looking at your life in a holistic way, you build a deep connections to your life, to your purpose, and to your future. This is the way you transform into your most authentic self unapologetically. Let's get this, my friend. Welcome to another, another Sunday. I hope you're not falling into the trap where Sunday just freaks you out. And Sunday's like, oh no, we work tomorrow, we work tomorrow. Let's make a meaning for Sunday that's powerful. Let's make it gratitude Sunday. Let's make it reflection Sunday. Give yourself credit Sunday for what you've done this week, for how you put yourself out there. Give yourself credit for the fails, right? The meaning that we put on days are what we're going to experience. So if you're not experiencing good emotions on a certain day of the week, every single week, well, there's a great solution for that. You got to figure out what kind of meaning you have with that day, right? And then when you figure out the meaning, you can either change the meaning, you can accept the meaning, or you can just simply not do whatever it is that's making you unhappy, right? Let's say every Sunday you clean. And that's why you don't like Sunday, because you hate cleaning. (laughs) So if you read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, you have three choices in every situation in life, right? You can either change the situation, you can either get out of the situation, or you can simply accept it. So if you have five hours of cleaning every Sunday and you go, okay, I'm either just going to accept it and find a way to have fun. How can I do that? By knowing how cool it is and how nice it is to have a clean apartment, how it makes you think more clear, how it makes you feel more relaxed, right? Or let me change it. Let me take out half of it, put it on another day so Sunday doesn't seem like such a big work day, right? Boom, 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 all these different things. So I hope you're not falling into that trap and you can use this. But I wanted to say welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Life of Becoming You. It is Story Sunday, and I have an awesome story for you today that I've remembered this week. It's a short story. It'll probably be a short episode, but it's going to be powerful nonetheless. So let's get right into this. So back when I was bartending, um, and... So bartending was a very challenging thing for me. For one, you have to talk to a bunch of random people and you have to be stuck there, right? Especially if someone's mad at you, you can't really escape it out of bar. You're just kind of stuck there. And you learn to, you take criticism for no reason from some guest. Um, You'll do everything in your power to make them happy and yet they still won't leave you any kind of tip because they, they don't feel it's necessary to tip servers. You get people that just want to talk a lot on your tired days. And you get people that want to be left alone on the days that you're excited to talk, et cetera. It's very challenging. But at the same time, I've got to meet a wide range of people over 
bartending for, I don't know, maybe, you know, between five and eight years of my life. And I got to meet so many different people. And I got to meet wealthy people, not wealthy people, happy people, not happy people, wealthy and happy and wealthy and not happy, uh, people not in relationships that are lonely and people that are not in relationships that feel great being out of a relationship, people that want relationships, get into it, not happy, boom, I've learned, you know, people treat bartenders like therapists sometimes. They come in, they talk about their problems, they have two drinks, they get deeper into their problems. I've had people cry at the bar to me telling me about stories and I'm just like, oh, what do I do, what do I do? <laughs> you know, uh, it's cool. You know, I think a lot of my life I was resisting the job that I had because I'm like, oh, I'm just a bartender? Like, what am I doing? Like, what the hell? Like, this is this is what I've gained. People have like real jobs and but you never judge your path because my path was made to give me humility and and let me into opportunities where I can think bigger and dream bigger and start my own company. I mean, everything in your life happens for a reason. And the biggest challenges that are in your life are there for a reason. If you're struggling with being happy with your family members, you feel snappy, it's there for a reason. Don't just beat yourself down with your thoughts. Think about your thoughts. Think about your feelings that you're having and get above them. And today's episode is about a gentleman that came into the bar that completely blew my mind in multiple ways. I don't think I've ever spoke about this in a podcast. And it's not some crazy, amazing story of the trials and tribulations, etc. But it is a story about how the choices that you make are going to depend on the values you have in your life and those decisions can be a completely night and day shift from completely unhappy to completely happy. And losing in that choice some of the stuff you thought made you happy but realize that it was just a materialistic thing that really didn't give you joy and that there's something more you care about. So a gentleman comes into the bar, right? I think his name was Ronald. He was an African-American guy, probably about 6'2", nice suit, respectful looking, um, and had a great vibe to him. The second he sat down, he just had a smile as just a regular part of him, like a neutral kind of persona walking around. And you don't see that nowadays. Now, I don't know if that's because of the whole... You know, when our face is resting, it's just not in a smile position. Or maybe it's because no one just walks around feeling good in their life for no apparent reason, you know? Like, like things have to make us feel good. Like, we don't control that. It's bizarre. And it's that disconnection, I think, that if people would realize that you control your emotions and not the world and the events and the people's opinions and what they say to you and, and how you fail and how you succeed, like... We don't have to go on this up and down road. We can go on a consistent path towards growing better and better and better, feeling better and better and better, and doing better and better and better. So this guy comes in, and he has this awesome persona on, very happy, very in the moment, just cool. And I actually asked him, you know, I think this was before I was a coach. No, I think this was when I was just starting my business. So I was very, yes, this is when I was just starting my business. And I've been into personal development studies for 10 to 15 years, including psychology. And... uh so I asked this guy, I was like, you know, you look very happy. You know, why, why are you so happy? And he's like, well, you know, what's your name? And I go, I'm John. He goes, I'm Ronald. I think Ronald was his name, but we're going to call him Ronald for this story. Um, and he goes, and he goes, you know, I'm Ronald. And um, 
And I go, you know, I just wanted to know. And he goes, well, you know, John, I made a very simple decision in my life and it scared the living crap out of me. And I pushed off that decision for, for years, for years. But then I did it. I took the risk and I am so much happier. And I was like, all right, what, like, what'd you do? It's slow in here. I would love to have a conversation about this. And he goes, I quit my job making $500,000 a year to work for another job that I'm making about 150 to 200 K silence. And I'm like, okay, I feel like there's something missing here. Like that can't be it. Like why, why would you leave a job unless you hate it for a job that's significantly less pay? Because remember, you can of course live on 150 to 200K, but if you're used to living on 500,000 a year, well, you're gonna have to make some changes. Maybe you have a really expensive car you won't be able to afford anymore, you know what I mean? So there's a, that's a big shift, you know, to go 50% down in your net, you know, that's a big change. So I'm like, okay, so, so what am I missing here? Like, what's the next part of this? And he goes, well, for the past three years, I've had uh, a daughter and I've been working so many hours with this job and it's been taking up so much of my time. And even when I'm home on the weekends, I'm not really home. I'm answering emails. I'm thinking about work. I work long days and I feel like three years have gone by and I've never really spent so much time with my daughter. Like all the thoughts in my mind are work. And I hate that. He's like, the only time I think about my daughter is when like I look at the phone and I look at photos and I see her and it makes me feel good throughout the day. But then on top of that, after I feel good, then I go right back to work and it just was haunting me. So all of a sudden I decided to quit because I decided for three years of not quitting because I didn't want to lose the amount of money I was making. I was comfortable. I was able to take care of my health, my children, et cetera. And I didn't want to quit this job. It's not like I had this other job for 150, 200K. Who knows what would happen when I quit? I could have got a job, uh, you know, being a bartender. I don't know if he actually said that to me, but he went on and on and on. Um, that would have been rude. <laughs> no, I would have been like, no, I get it. I definitely understand, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so I go, so what do you have now in your life? And he goes, well, now I have, I'm off work four to five hours earlier than normal. I don't get emails when I leave work. I don't have to do any part of my job at all when I'm home. So I go home and I feel like I go back into like a vacation. I'm with my wife, I'm with my daughter. We can cook together now. Like I have a family relationship now. He's like, man, if I was making $60,000 a year, I would still make this decision as long as I can pay for like her college and like I have all my finances put aside. He's like, but honestly, if I could just, you know, survive and give her a good life and be able to spend the time, I don't even care about making a lot of money which is bizarre to me because the reason I didn't quit for years, three years may not seem like a long time, but it is a long time. It's a long time when you know deep down about the decision that you really want to make that's going to make you happy and make you fulfilled in your life and make you the father that you want to be or the mother that you want to be. In this case, it was the guy I was talking to, so the father. You know, it's a long time when you've known deep down that you've had that decision, you know what to do, you know the steps you need to take, but you don't want to see it because you're so focused on the loss. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And that fear and those worries and that self-doubt that even if you do make the wrong decision that you can recover, you'll find a way to build yourself back up even with the pressure of having a family. Yes, of course it would have been easier if you didn't have a daughter to make that decision, 
But then not having a daughter wouldn't have even given you the stress that you needed to make the positive decision in your life. And on top of that, he's enjoying this job even more. It's almost the same, just working at a lower level and, you know, he's not the boss anymore. You know, now he has a boss, but he also has tons of less responsibility, right? He didn't think that he'd be able to listen to like a boss boss anymore every single day in front of your face. But now we found it's just easier. He just has to do whatever they want and he already knows how to do it. So he just does a great job and submits. But now he has an entire life with his daughter. He's like, I've connected so much more with her. I can, you know, give a father figure. He, he didn't realize how important a father figure is to a daughter. Um, now to some parents on this podcast, that may sound crazy. I'm not a parent. I don't know. But it's possible, I guess, when you have a daughter that you would think that the asset of a mother, and obviously, you know, they go through what the daughter's going to be going through more, but it is vitally important to have that father figure, to have that balance, you know? And we see it in every single family that has good relations with the kids and the parents. So he made this decision. Why? Because... For one, his main reason for not leaving was money. He knew that he would take a decrease in money, right? But now if you break that down, you can go, okay, how much money do I need? Why can't I start looking while I'm at this job, right? Look at my experience. There's a damn good shot. I'm not going to have to enter at a new company at entry level. I'm going to be able to provide some powerful solutions to a different company, right? I'll still be able to have benefits. So if you break that down, there's not a lot of fear. But you're still looking at what, you know, you're losing. What about what you can gain? The whys, the deep part of why you want to do what you're going to do. Everybody hates change because you're stepping out of your comfortable situation. Of course, it's uncomfortable. It's not fun. No one likes change. But yet, change is a door that leads to some of the biggest beauties and blissfulness in your life. Yet, we avoid it at all costs. But we have one life to live. We have to stop holding ourselves back. We need to be okay with making mistakes because if you're okay with making mistakes, you're gonna keep putting yourself out there and listening to your intuition and the universal intelligence will not lead you wrong. Even if you go through some struggle for a little bit, something's gonna give. If you're following passion, if you're following your heart and if you're listening to your emotions and not your mind and your ego, you're going in the right way. Think about if he stayed at his job. I told him he's lucky he learned this within three years. What if he went over 10 years? What if she was 15, 16 years old? And then he had that realization and he missed all those beautiful years of her growing up, right? Like I told him he's lucky. I was like, people realize this when they're 60 years old, you know, like you're 40, I don't know, it was like 42 or 43. I was like, you're young, like you're, you're in good health, you're in good financial situations, and now you can spend time with your family, which you're ready for the next step. Like, so awesome to see people make these changes in their life. So the other thing is that he connected it to his values. You know, he realized through taking a risk that money wasn't even a value to him. As long as he can survive, take care of his health and his family, that's, that's all he needs. He doesn't need the extra money that just made him feel good, right? But the good part is now that he made so much money, he has enough for her college already. So like he's good to go. Like what an awesome situation to be in. 
What would more money have done? So he realized his value for a good connection with his family, his wife, his daughter, is way more important than the materialistic money. I always say money is an exchange of goods and services. When I first started coaching and I got money from people, I was like, man, I got to be a good coach because I took money from them. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, what did I just say? Look at the words I just said. I need to make sure I do the best I can as a coach. Awesome, great. Because I took money from them. And I was like, damn, is that how I feel? So then I went into money research. I went into money mindset. And I started realizing I had some terrible beliefs, which started when I was a child. From hearing things about money doesn't grow on trees, or we don't have this, we don't have that, we don't have this. So money felt like a scarce thing, but look around. Money is all around you. It's flowing everywhere. The chair in front of you, the, the rent that you're paying to live in the place that you are. You know, there is abundance everywhere. So the ego trying to keep you in your comfort zone and not letting you listen to your intuition on the decisions that you know you need to make. Well, you need to start listening to those emotions or at least thinking into them, right? Maybe you don't have to make a decision on the fly. Because maybe you're not comfortable enough feeling your emotion and asking why. So in cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, we learn that when you're feeling an emotion, I'm going to give you something right here, right now that could change the game for you, right? And change the game for me. So in cognitive behavioral therapy, there's a great technique that talks about when you're feeling bad, you can't let that feeling just go unnoticed because it's going to come back and it may come back even stronger. So let's say for this guy, for example, He's at work and he constantly has this feeling of like, man, I just, I miss my daughter. I'm not spending time with her. I miss my daughter. I'm not spending time with her. Sure, he had tons of those thoughts throughout the entire process of his years there. So, so if you think about it, mm. sorry, I'm getting worked up. I needed a sip of coffee. <laughs> so if you think about it, you know, he constantly had that thought. So, Rather than what most of us do, is just feel bad about having that thought. And then we think into it in different perspectives. We put a lot of energy to it. And then we feel just shitty. What you do is go, why am I feeling this way? Oh, I'm feeling this way because I'm not spending time with my daughter. Okay, then what does that mean? So what does that mean? You just ask yourself over and over and over. What you're doing is you're accessing your subconscious. right? You're talking to yourself. And that's how you get your answers about how you feel and what you want to do. Now, this will come easier and easier as you do it, but it's a great way to go, you know, okay, I'm not spending time with my daughter. What does that mean? feels like I'm, I don't have as much good moments with her. Okay, that's a little broad. What does that mean? feels like I'm not in her life a lot. Okay, what does that mean? It feels like I'm not a good father. Ooh, ooh, wow, that's deep. Okay, okay, we're hitting something, but why don't go any further? What does that mean to you? If you're not being a good father, we can take that even deeper, even though you don't want to. That means that I'm not giving my daughter as good of a childhood as she deserves. Wow. That's freaking deep. That'll shake you up. So then you go, what am I going to do about it? And how important is it for me to make this change? And what would my life look like if I made this change, right? So how committed are you to making this change? How big of a goal is this change connected to your values? 
And then I want you to imagine your life, what it would look like if you fixed it. And then you see the images. You feel being around the daughter. You feel teaching her, right? Teaching her volleyball. Maybe she loves volleyball. And teaching her and having the time to do it. And having the time to go and look up how to, how to teach your daughter volleyball and, and get that knowledge, right? Not just like rushing around trying to do things quick because you're so busy with work. Whole entire life change. This story is very inspiring. I hope that you can start to listen to the emotions within yourself. It's really powerful to do that. You know, it's just something that I just wish I've done. Not even wish because I don't really believe in regret, but I wish I had this knowledge so much sooner. But at the same time, I'm so grateful that I've had this knowledge when I was 20, when I started learning this stuff, because I don't know where I would be right now if I didn't control my emotions and my mindset. So I see examples like this and it really makes me tip my cat to the, cap to the guy. We exchanged cards, never actually contacted him or followed up. Definitely something I, uh, if I could find him again, I would put him through the program I have now, Break Your Golden Lion Free, because it's just badass. I think it would even take him to even a higher level within himself. Um, but you know, listen to your emotions. Remember, if you really feel deep down that there's a change you need to make in your life, explore that. I recommend sitting down, journaling about it, writing, you know, what would happen if you did it? What are you afraid of? You know, just talk with yourself. You know, look in the mirror and ask yourself, how do I feel about this decision? You know, but be with yourself. We spend so much time talking to other people and talking on the phone and talking at people at work, but we don't spend time sitting with no TV, no music, nothing going on, just sitting in a room, quiet noise, and just talking to ourselves. Yeah, you may look like a crazy person if you're sitting in the middle of Union Square doing that, but who cares? I mean, if you're going to do it in Union Square, do it in Union Square. But you don't have to. You can just do it in your apartment. But whatever. I mean, you, you do you. Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> but spend some time with yourself. Look at the choices that you're making. Look at the deep emotions you feel on a weekly basis about how you feel about your work or your job or your family. Do something about it. And you'll be paid back. Because when you take action and you take it within your values and within love, and with a better cause, something good's gonna happen, even if you don't see it right away. Happy Story Sunday, my friends. All right, my friends, I hope you absolutely loved that episode. And before you go, I have a gift to give you. But first, if you did love this episode, please give me a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps grow the community and support the business. I thank you for that. You can also take a snapshot on Instagram, Send it out to your friends and hashtag me at Jonathan Gilardi. I'll throw you up in my story, give you a shout out, my friend. I appreciate it. And the gift that I have for you is one of the best ways to elevate your life is to elevate your focus. By having more focus, you avoid distractions, you feel more connected, more inspired, and you get a lot more done with your day. And this book that I have on focus really changed the game for me. And I want to give you this book absolutely free. And that is the best part. Just go to www.successcoachjonathan.com forward slash podcast and you'll see a button to grab your free ebook. You can instantly download it absolutely free and start improving instantly. All right, my friends, I'll see you on the next episode of The Life of Becoming You. Take care.